0: Hogwarts, 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 Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Audrey and I'm Katie. and today we are moving into halfway through our uh, movie series and talking about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Circa 2005, a.k.a. potentially the worst movie of the 21st century.
1: (laughs) Hey, um, yeah, I mean, it's really not that great, and I feel like I've always enjoyed watching the Goblet of Fire movie just for the pure fact that I love that story so much, so I feel like I kind of ignore all the bad things about it, but I couldn't do that this time, and it was, like, really bad. (laughs)
0: It gets worse every time I watch it, I think.
1: <laughs> I like I've never really watched it with that critical of an mm, eye before. Because normally yeah. I do, like we've talked about this, I feel like in every movie episode, but we just I normally just put it on for background noise. Like I don't really pay attention that often when I'm watching these movies, but wow. This, this one's was, pretty bad. This was a little rough, yeah. <laughs>
0: so our patron of the episode is Salvador. Which may be a fitting one, because we do know that Salvador is a big, big Percy fan. And Percy (laughs) is tragically omitted from this movie entirely. So, sorry, Salvador. Percy's not in this episode. We're going to talk about how he's missing. Yeah. But thank you for your support.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I really... I really enjoy whenever you message us or comment on things. I really enjoy your takes on our episode. So thank you so much for that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So just a little housekeeping thing, a few housekeeping things before we get into this episode. So starting now, we're going to start cutting the movie episodes in half. So they're getting too long. I'm sure you've noticed that the first three were some of our longer episodes and even though the movies kind of get shorter i think i think our analysis of them is going to get longer because they are less accurate to the books which gives us more to complain about um so for this episode specifically we are going to be discussing like all our upfront stuff about the movies and then stopping after the first task scene basically and then next week, so instead of two weeks from now, you'll get an uh, the second half of this movie analysis next week dropping on November 17th, um, the 16th of your patron. And that will include the second half of the movie, our thoughts, and the pop quiz kind of wrap up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I have a quick announcement about reviews before I forget. So I noticed this week that we're sitting at 40 reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is honestly amazing. Thank you guys so much. But I would love to have 50. <laughs> so she if you haven't – No, I'm never ha- I'm never pleased. Um, if you haven't yet and you use Apple Podcasts as your podcast listening platform – can you just, like, just super quickly just tap the five stars? I'm not even asking for a written review. Just tap five stars or whatever stars you think we deserve, honestly. That's your choice. But um, five. But five is the right answer. Is <laughs> <It's> the correct <laughs> choice. Um, so, yeah, that would, like, mean a lot to us. And reviews play a big part in how how far up we appear on like harry potter podcast searches on the apple podcast app so it is like one of the most important and easiest ways to help us grow as a podcast so if you've already done that thank you so much it really does a lot for us and makes us feel really good
0: (laughs) okay and then the last announcement thing Uh, this episode is dropping on november 10th 9th if you're a patron i keep hinting at the fact that our patrons are getting these early in case you want to be a patron. (laughs) Um, But also in regards to our patrons, um, our exceeds expectations and above patrons. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're paying $5 a month or contributing $5 a month or more, you have already received your first bonus episode um, for the month of October and we are working on getting you your second bonus episode for the month of November, Um, and this will be a chapter read-through, and so if you are a patron, please go to Patreon. Even if you do not have access to those episodes, you have access to the poll to vote what chapter we do, um, what chapter we'll analyze, so that poll is going to close November 13th. Friday the 13th, Um, we'll cut that off and then we will read the chapter and we'll release that episode. So maybe if you're not contributing the amount to get the episode, but your chapter wins, that might motivate you to uh, bump up your contribution because you really want to hear what we have to say. Um, And then I think we're also going to put this poll on Instagram. So even if you're not a patron, but you're super invested in this because you are thinking about becoming a patron, Um, you should go vote for what chapter you want us to read and then that episode will come out later in the month.
1: Yeah, and not every poll will be available to everybody. Most of them are only going to be available to patrons. But just since this is the first one to kind of get more votes and maybe try and get more interest in these episodes, because um, I know Audrey and I are both really excited to start doing chapter read-throughs. Um, when I've been like doing the reread, I've been kind of reading it more like I would be doing a chapter read-through, like noticing different things. um. And so I'm really excited to start this, and I hope that you guys are, too. Yeah.
0: All right. Shall we get things underway? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So we have a few casting decisions to discuss, because we do have some new characters pop up in this movie. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, the golden boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert Pattinson as Cedric Diggory. So, to be honest, I don't really have an opinion. <laughs> I feel like it's so weird, to, like looking, because this was well before Twilight. So like yeah. in my head, Robert Pattinson is always Cedric, and then like he weirdly like became Edward. I like don't think I've ever yeah. watched a Twilight movie in full, but like I have not. Either. He became he became so associated with this other franchise that like is kind of. Not really, I don't even want to say in competition with Harry Potter, but I feel like the Harry Potter franchise, like, kind of looks down on Twilight. Yeah. Um. So I feel like, like, retrospectively, it's, like, a weird casting decision because of that. Um, yeah. But I always liked Robert Pattinson as Cedric. I think he definitely, like, fits the pretty boy, golden boy vibe. I don't know that he really, like, has the opportunity to do a lot of great acting in this movie, but <laughs> at least for, like appearance and like aura alone i think he totally fits cedric and definitely one of those characters where like when i think of cedric i see him
1: yeah i think that when i how old was i when this movie came out eight seven seven eight depending on when it was um i always have been in the camp that oh my god his name just escaped me (laughs) Stanislaw Janewski, oh. <laughs> sorry, that the guy you oh, played didn't put him did as Crumb. A casting thing. Well, he doesn't. I mean, Cedric doesn't really appear later, but Cedric I think is a little bit bigger yeah. of a character. Um, I do. I always thought that Crumb was more attractive than Cedric. Mm-hmm. When I was like a not a child, sounds really weird to be talking about this as, but like as I've gotten older, I feel like I'm in more of the camp of like Robert Pattinson as Cedric was cuter.
0: Yeah, I have never really found Stanislaw, whatever, that
1: attractive. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I feel like that's an, a controversial opinion, uh, opinion. But Yeah,
1: and I'm sure that's why I held it. I'm sure that's why I said that I thought Stanislav Ioneski was more attractive because just to be contrary and not cliche, you know me. No, um, but I'm
0: saying I think it's, like, I think a lot of people find him really attractive, and I don't. Oh,
1: well, I think a lot of people find him attractive now because he's got the body of a Greek god. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check him out now um, if you have not seen his thirst traps on Instagram before. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think Robert Hudson does a fine job. Like you said, there's not really much to work with for him. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So then the next one is Brandon Gleason as Moody, um... He also happens to be the father of the guy who ends up playing Bill later on. But we don't get Bill in Is
1: it movie. the father or is he the uncle? Oh, uncle. Of... I, it might be uncle. I think it's the uncle. But I'm not 100% I sure. I feel like I we, just have this we debate. go through this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um.
0: But anyway, Brendan Gleeson as Moody. I mean, I guess this is not really commentary on his acting. But I think they do a really great job with Moody's appearance. Um... And his acting, I think he does... There are times where he's, like, more aggressive than I imagine Moody to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, even though, like, all of this is not really Moody, so it's kind of hard to talk about, like, capturing the character of Moody. But, like, I don't know, whenever I read Moody, even if it's, like, Junior as Moody or real Moody, he's certainly, like, hardcore, right? Because, like, constant vigilance. But I yeah. feel like Brendan Gleason maybe, like, yells more. I think yeah. it's, like, moody as being, like, kind of hardcore, but, like, not aggressive about it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I have some, like, notes kind of along those lines later.
0: And I don't know if that's, like, specifically in this movie, like, playing it up because, like, it's not actually moody.
1: Yeah. But also, he he is his son, not he is you. Oh, okay. So his I was son. right. Yeah, yeah, you were right. Um. I was wrong. Yeah, I really like Brendan Gleeson. He's also kind of a like he's been in a lot of stuff. And, like, recently I feel like I've watched two things with him in it, and whenever I hear his voice and see him, I always it always takes me a hot second to distinguish him from Robbie Coltrane because I feel Mm. like their voices are very similar, and I also don't really know what either of them look like not in (laughs) Harry Potter, like, super well, you know? Um, But I always, my first instinct whenever I hear his voice or see him, I'm like, oh, it's Robbie Coltrane. And then, like, I wait, I'm like, no no that's that's moody that's moody yeah
0: also sorry my family decided now was a good time to start texting a ton about the election so i don't know that's why i keep like getting distracted um Okay, and so then the last one that I'm specifically going to talk about, which I could not have told you this person's name before I looked it up. Oh, no, not even me. But, um, the Barty Couch Singer is played by Roger Lloyd Pack. Um, I don't really know why I included this one. I feel like I should have included... I didn't include Fleur or Crumb, but I included this, so... This is why I shouldn't be allowed to make the talks. (laughs) Um, But, I don't know. I I think I included it because I also don't love him as Crouch Senior.
1: Yeah, but he's also really hard with Moody, too, because it's like, how much is him playing it up that, like, he's not well? Yeah. You know? And how much is it... Like, him playing how he's being instructed slash how he feels like Senior would act, you know? Yeah. I think that, like,
0: I don't know. Maybe, I think maybe that is it. Like, he's trying to play up the fact that, like, even though they never reveal in the movie that he's been... Like, imperious yeah. to this whole time but I, I feel like maybe I don't like him later in the movie because he gets very like bumbling and weird which I guess maybe would be accurate although it's not accurate because you don't even see him anymore until like the night he dies in the book but I think that he's not as like composed and like stone face throughout the thing as I want him to be
1: yeah he's not as like prim and proper mm-hmm so that we get that comparison that when he is kind of bumbling around, it's like, oh, like, some, like something's up. You know, right. like, we never see him being his, like, head of the Department of Magical Cooperation or whatever, you know? We never see, like, why Percy idolizes him. Mm-hmm. We only see him as kind of, like, this creepy guy who, like, really never blinks when he's on camera.
0: Yeah. And, like, from the start, he's like that. Because, basically, yeah. isn't the first time you see him... Like, when the Dark Mark has been cast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Whatever. Um, Speaking (laughs) of
1: Barty Crouch Sr., I'm going to talk about Barty Crouch Jr. So, David Tennant plays Barty Crouch Jr., if you didn't already know that. Um, I have never watched David Tennant in anything else, and I feel like he's one of the more, like, maybe not well-known, but I feel like David Tennant has, like, a cult following of Isn't it because of Doctor Who? Yeah, it's cuz he was in Doctor Who and then he was also in that like a uh, crime drama thing. Um I forget what it was called, but he was like a detective in it. It was like anyways. Um, but he was in Doctor he was the doctor um for some seasons. I've never I, seen I doctor, know Who. About I don't know. doctor Who. I've never seen Doctor Who. But yeah, I think that he does a fine job as Junior. Like Junior isn't really in the movie that much. Um, There's like the flashback scene and then there's post Moody transforming into Junior. Um, I think he really plays up how much Junior is deranged. Um, Like he plays him very deranged, which I don't think is really a bad thing. Because like we don't get much of him and when we do, it's the big chunk of what we get him in is post like him transforming back after the polyjuice potion wears off. So I think that that's mostly fine. Um I do have a criticism later that I'll talk about. But I think overall fine job. Is your criticism the tongue thing? No, that's not my criticism. I love that. I, <laughs> I love the tongue thing. <laughs> um Second, I'm going to talk about Miranda Richardson as Rita Skeeter. So I really liked her as Rita. I think she does like a great job playing up the character of Rita in the little that we see her. The only thing I can say is maybe I think she's a little bit too pretty to play Rita. I don't think Rita was supposed to be like super attractive. Um, The illustration in the Goblet of Fire Illustrated Edition is not that attractive they don't pay Rita as that attractive um and then there is like a fun little kind of story about her so she has she doesn't have gold teeth in the movie and she's supposed to like in the book she's described as having like gold teeth or a gold tooth or something like that and Miranda Richardson has talked about how like she and the like makeup artist or hairstylist or whatever kind of came to the conclusion that they weren't going to have rita with the gold teeth because they didn't think it fit her character and i think like it's been talked about a little bit about like well she was written with gold teeth like why do you feel like you have the right to like feel like that doesn't fit the character mm-hmm. like in the source material it has she has gold teeth um so just, like, a fun little fact about that. I don't really have an opinion either way. I think it ups the fact that she comes off as, like, more attractive in the movie than I think she's supposed to in the books. Yeah. Um. And lastly, we have Ray finds as Voldemort. And I think that this is my favorite Voldemort look of all the movies. I really like this one. I think he, like like his he's not as pale um and maybe that's just the dark lighting I feel like his features are more like gaunt looking like his cheekbones look more like hollow you can see like the veins on his head which I really like and I um I think I like that better than in later movies um you can't recognize that it's Ray Fines at all which is good mm-hmm. i really enjoy that and i think that in this movie he really plays the like dramatic creepy vibe of voldemort really well i think that voldemort is a very dramatic person and so the person who's playing him needs to play up that drama i think on like on the screen and i think that he does a really good job of kind of like finding that balance of like being dramatic And maybe coming off a little bit silly, but, like, not too dramatic, so he comes off, like, really silly. You know, Um, like, he still has that kind of, like, creepy edge with the drama that makes it serious and not, like, silly, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I know what you mean. I I think that my, like, major gripe with Voldemort in this film is more, like, the writing in Mm. the graveyard scene, and that, like, it's not... Like, obviously they're not going to have it be as long as it is in the book because it's so
1: long in the book.
0: But I feel like there's a lot missing from that and I feel like that gives you a lot of Voldemort's character. So that missing from the movie, like, kind of just makes the character weaker. But Mm -hmm. I do think that, like, Ray Fiennes did well with it.
1: Yeah. So those are all the actors that we're going to talk about. Now we'll jump into our movie notes. Yes.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, my first note is
1: rip Frank. <laughs> my first note is I'm glad they included this because I could very well see this being a scene that they cut especially including Frank. Like I'm surprised that they included Frank at all. Yeah. To be like, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and like
0: all of the lead up <laughs> I feel like they could have just, like, included, like, they could have made this scene, like, ten seconds.
1: Yeah, if they wanted to. I'm glad that they included it, but when you look at all of the other things they cut out, it's kind of like, why did you include Frank Bryce in this? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like I said, I'm still kind of glad that they included it. Yeah. Um, Barty Crouch being there pisses me off yeah um he's not supposed to be there he's not there in the books they just talk about a servant at hogwarts i think they even say that they're they're going to be at hogwarts i think they do um and so that leaves the door open a lot more on kind of the mystery of who that is whereas Mm -hmm. like we see who it is like obviously we don't see barty crouch at school so it's not like they gave away the whole reveal but it's still like they don't leave a mystery open from that scene you know
0: yeah and it just like the beauty of this book and the beauty of this reveal is that you can like go back to the quidditch world cup which is like seemingly insignificant you're like oh this is just like a fun thing that's happening but then you go back once you've read it and you're like shit like, Winky, that's when he broke free. That's when he cast the yeah. dark Mark. That's when he went to Voldemort. The dustbins with with Moody. All of these things. And it's, like, so detailed looking back on it that all these things you don't pick up on. And in
1: the movie, yeah. they just ruin
0: it from the start by making him He's babe. just,
1: like, already free. And they
0: never explain how he's got free. Like, any of that. Yeah.
1: No. They just cut, like,
0: so much of that, which i guess it would be hard for them to like go back and explain like it would take work for them to do at the end and they're not yeah. gonna do that but like that just bothers me so much that's like yeah. my major issue with this movie and it's like it yeah. starts from scene one with the fact that he's there and that's inaccurate.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I have a couple other notes. Um, You see, like, Voldemort's hand. That's the only thing you see of him. And it, like, it looks like an animatronic hand. Like, it, like, moves, like, almost in a repetitive motion. Like, it just doesn't look good. Also, do we ever learn that the house that they're staying in is the Riddle house? Like, do they ever say that? Because I... I don't think so. At the end... When they get to the
0: graveyard, Harry goes, I've been here before, so you know that it's the same house, and yeah. then you know that he's on his dad's grave, so, like, you could make that connection, but I don't think it's ever said, because there's okay. not, like, that narrator like there is in the book talking about, like, the people in the village, and, like, yeah, what you and... know
1: about Tom Riddle, like, killing his dad. And yeah. His parents. I really liked that in the book, and I guess, like, it kind of makes sense, um, but I feel like they could have had Voldemort say a line like, "No, we're comfortable here." Like, I killed my parents who lived here previously. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it could have been added in, so it was more obvious. They could. They wouldn't even had to say anything. Like when they went back to the graveyard, they could just do like a panning shot from the house down to the graveyard. You know, and like people would be like, "Oh, I know where the where we are." You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's true. not that big of a deal. I was just, I'd never noticed that before. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, Harry was supposed to be at Privet Drive when this dream occurs. Instead, they just cut directly to him being at the Weasleys. Um, so you don't get like anything with the Dursleys, you don't get the um, them like showing up via flu powder, the ton ton tongue toffee, any of that. Um, totally cut, which like the scene with the weasleys at the dursleys would have been interesting but like i don't really care about not seeing the dursleys for a day you know
1: yeah i think that they really missed out because i think the scene when the weasleys come to the dursley's that house would have been is like good. cinematic gold yeah. <laughs> um they wouldn't have even had to do any back explaining they could like the weasleys could have just like shown up And we would have all been like, oh, they're here to pick up Harry. You know, they wouldn't have had to show in the letter, all that. Like, how Harry's still at the Dursleys, and, like, no, he's sad that Ron hasn't invited him over yet. You know, like, they could have just had them show up. And I'm really disappointed they didn't. And then a consequence of this is Bill and Charlie don't show up in this movie, Mm -hmm. making it so that Charlie doesn't show up ever in the movies. Yeah.
0: Percy is also not in this movie,
1: but... Yeah, that's true.
0: That's less of a disappointment. (laughs) Sorry, Salvador. (laughs) Okay, also, it really bothers me that it's a total surprise that they're going to the World Cup. And, like, did Mrs. Weasley not even tell them that they were going to have to wake up early the next day?
1: Yeah, also, why did Hermione— Okay, speaking of the waking up early, let me rant about how these children get no sleep again. Give me a second. Let me fact check something real fast.
0: Are you talking about what you have written in your note that their porky yeah. was at ten past five?
1: Yeah, is ten past five the right... No, that's that's what I'm trying to fact check. Oh,
0: wait, I can find it.
1: Seven past five. Okay, seven past five. Okay, so they get... The porky's at 5.07, mm-hmm. which means that they have walked up that hill, they've eaten breakfast by this time and let's say they get up to the top of the hill they look for like 10 minutes that's like 457 when they get to the top let's say minimum it took 57 minutes from the time they woke up to the time they got to the top hill i think that's a pretty generous estimate i think it's probably longer Mm -hmm. um so that means that they woke up at four in the morning to take the port key to the quidditch world cup which the cup happens that night so, they have the excitement of the Quidditch World Cup. They stay up late already and then they wake up in the middle of the night and come home. So, they got no sleep. They're just like sleep deprived. Like, how are they functioning? Is my question. Like, why didn't you not take a nap that day? Like, I would have. Yeah, but I you're know at there's the excitement. World Cup, it's
0: exciting.
1: I would have. If, if I want to enjoy that Quidditch World Cup and I got five hours of sleep the night before, I would need a nap. I just, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'd just be like
0: running on adrenaline.
1: I guess. And then obviously later in the night when they wake up, that's like pure adrenaline. But still, they got like no sleep again. Yeah.
0: But then they go to the, they're at the burrow for a
1: bit and it's like, they get time to recover. Yeah. I just like, can you imagine? Because I sure can't. (laughs) Um,.
0: Okay, also, with regards to, like, their journey to the Quidditch World Cup, um, our first shot of Cedric, and he drops <laughs> out of the tree. I just, like, this is just so random, and I just want someone to
1: explain it to me. My guess, here's my theory, he was up in the tree because they're looking for the portkey, so he's getting, like, a higher view, and you could see more ground looking for the portkey. But they're, like,
0: in the middle of woods, yeah, and they I mean, weren't even looking for the tr-
1: Porky at that point because they're not at the top of the hill. No, but the Diggory's were, weren't they? I th- no. thought they were already up there. I
0: don't know. In anyway, the, that's In the my book theory. they are, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I just, like, it just feels like such a weird choice to make, but okay.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like a very weird first view of Cedric.
0: Yeah, also, like, the twins... Do not really appear to have any animosity towards Cedric well, like, in this movie. Also,
1: um, his father is not like as big of a dick. Yeah, in yeah. the movie as he He's is in not the books. He's like a big um, dick in the books. Yeah. Um, also, I know we mentioned this in the Prisoner of Azkaban episode, but this Robert Pattinson was not the boy who played Cedric Diggory in Prisoner of Azkaban. That, well yeah, they don't even name sense. him in
0: the prisoner of Azkaban. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, um the next note I have is I hate how they did the portkey. Um I really dislike it. What the like the way that they like The like spinning down? up yeah. into the air and then yeah. going down to this like gold crevice in the earth. Yeah, no. Not about that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong people, but I'm pretty sure that It looks different in Crimes of Grindelwald when Newt takes a port key.
0: I think in Crimes of Grindelwald, it looks more like apparating.
1: Yeah, like they kind of like fold in on yourself. Yeah. Um, Which I like better. I would have had no problem if apparition and port keys looked the same in the movies. Because apparition looks weird in the movies anyways. Like, you're just supposed to disappear instantly. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not what it looks like in the movies. But I really dislike that. And I really dislike how, like... (laughs) <laughs> how Arthur and Cedric and Mr. Diggory are, like, walking yeah. on air yeah. down to the ground. Like, that's so weird. Like, they land on their feet, but they don't, like, float down from the sky like that in the books. Uh. It's really silly. And whenever I see that, it's just, like, so obvious to me that there are wires on their backs. Like, I know mm-hmm. that you can't see the wires, but, like, the way that they're moving, it's, like, so obvious that they yeah. just have wires on yeah. their backs. So, anyways...
0: Um, once they get there, the scene of everyone at the, like, cup camping really stresses me out, like, in COVID times. I Do you have this know. thing where, like, now when you see, like, people gathering <laughs> groups of people, in a yeah. TV show
1: or a movie, you're like,
0: ah! And, like, there are yeah. so many of them
1: packed into this small area. Yeah, I actually have a complaint about this, too. I don't like it even, like, regardless of COVID times, I don't like how close the tents are together. Like, this is supposed to be a huge, like, campsite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, like, the tents aren't supposed to be that close together. There's not so, like, people are packed, in. like, there's no place to walk around yeah. this campsite. And, like, maybe it's like that right before the game in the in the books. Yeah. But it's not like that when they get there at fucking 6 in the morning. Like Yeah,
0: exactly. And I wish they had, like, all, I wish they had, like, a scene of them walking to their, their, like tent and like you see all the other tents oh and God, how extravagant
1: yes. they are because i feel like, and, like the little the kids flying around yeah oh, i love that i love when they go to get water and maybe i think his name is archie is that his name yeah yeah he's wearing archie, like yeah. the night dress or whatever oh, i yeah. love that
0: uh so then we have the isle of magic quote Which they love to put on the promos for Harry Potter weekends. Yeah, and it's so bad.
1: It's It's... so fucking dumb. (laughs) It is. It is pretty bad. Uh... Also, there's supposed to be two tents. Mm -hmm. The girls are supposed to get their own tent because they can't share. The two girls can't share when Mister Weasley's in the tent with them. Yeah. Um. Like honestly, if I were one of the girls, I'd be like, "Okay, peace out." Like, I get my own tent. That's fine with me. Um, but it's just kind of silly. Yeah.
0: And so we skip a lot of the like build up. They basically just go straight to the match. You don't meet Bagman and Crouch. You don't get any background of like what's going to happen, like who even is playing in this match, no. really. Um, you don't see any of their friends or any of that, which I really like all of that build up in the books. I love it. It's like there's no anticipation. It's just like, no. oh, we're at the Quidditch World Cup. I love magic, oh, this is the Quidditch, World like, the Quidditch match, and we're not going to watch it.
1: Oh, my God. Well, it's also so abrupt, too, because, like you mentioned, they just, like, wake up and go to the Quidditch World Cup. There's no, like, we're go like, Harry's going to the bro yeah. because he has Quidditch World Cup tickets. Like, oh, we're all so anxious. We have to wake up early the next morning. It's just, like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Um, um, they don't even show the match, which.
0: Wait, before we get to that, though. The Weasleys are supposed to be in the top box. Oh, my
1: God. Meaning, like, the minister's
0: box. And it just bothers me so much because, like, this is the Weasleys, like, getting something that they deserve. I know. And then they, like, make a point to have the Malfoys be like, oh, like, you have shitty seats. But then it's, like, the top box, like, the top, they put the Weasleys on the top, but they say they're shitty.
1: Yeah. But, like
0: being higher up would be better for a Quidditch match which is why in the books the top box is the best is place actually to sit. the top yeah and it's just like none of this makes sense and also because they like make the weasleys poor they yeah. don't meet winky like you don't meet winky you don't get any of that background
1: yeah it was a very odd decision but i guess like looking at it big picture it was an easy way to get out of doing all of that You know, if they had him in the top box, I feel like they would have had to add Winky, they would have had to add Bagman, like the minister, that kind of thing. But it was an easy way for them not to have to do that. But also it's super weird because like there's not another person in sight of the Weasleys. Like it seems like they just have like... yeah. (laughs) This whole, like, <laughs> section, like, this whole top of yeah. the arena to they just, like, spread out, um, yeah. Okay, it's fine. Um, they don't, this stadium, first off, this stadium really stresses me out. Like, it gives me a lot of anxiety when they show how steep this stadium is. I think um, it's cool, though. I think it's cool, but whenever they show that scene, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, they don't show the mascots at all. Like, they show a, like, a leprechaun, but it's not implied that the no, leprechaun is not made like a of leprechaun. leprechaun. Yeah. yeah. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the book, it's implied that these leprechauns can fly, because they, like, make shapes in the air, right? I think is so, it, yeah. Is that, like, a common folklore for leprechauns? I, I didn't no think idea. that that was a thing that leprechauns generally have the ability to do. Maybe they're magic leprechauns? I don't know. Um...
0: A couple things before that, though.
1: Um, Malfoy's,
0: like, all-black suit makes its first appearance. I know this becomes really iconic in, like, the sixth movie, but he is wearing it in this movie. Um, Because, like, yeah, sure, wear a suit to the Quidditch World Cup. (laughs) Yeah, not,
1: like, sports team's colors. It's fine. Also, Narcissa's not in this.
0: Yes. And then um, one thing that really bothers me is, like, Crumb flies in, and Ginny goes, "Who's that?" And it's like, Ginny is a Quidditch (laughs) fan. Like,
1: her. Why should have asked who Crumb is?
0: But it's specifically Ginny because then it's. I think like Fred or George goes like, "Oh, it's Crumb, sis." Like they say, like sis.
1: Yeah. And it's like, what? It would have just made so much more sense. I guess like like, that's only Ginny. that might be Ginny's only line in the movie. <laughs> um, no, she says the
0: thing about when when Ron asks Fleur. She's oh, that's in that right. Scene. That's
1: right. <laughs> um, but it also would have like been kind of nice setup for like Hermione and Crumb, mm-hmm. and like Hermione mm-hmm. doesn't know anything about Quidditch. Like, they should just. It should have been Hermione that said that. Also, yeah. Crumb does that weird handstand thing that I really dislike. Yeah.
0: It also, I don't think it fits his personality because in no. the books, like.
1: Like, he's a hot
0: shot, like, he's the best Quidditch player, but he doesn't, like... He's He doesn't like the cameras, off, he doesn't like know? the interviews, like, yeah. that kind
1: of thing. Um, and then there's no actual Quidditch being played. There's no Quidditch. This
0: is another major thing cut out. And the fact we, we, like, mentioned this briefly, but, like, there's no Bagman in this whole movie.
1: Yeah. Um, so, there's so there's no, no bedding.
0: There's no like the twins are supposed to. Be there's, no to get we- with there's no Weasley. There's no Weasleys time. wizard Weezes
1: at all in this yeah. movie. Um Yeah. Yeah. It just. I guess I kind of get it. Like the Quidditch match would have taken up probably a good like ten minutes in the movie would have been my guess. Like minimum. No way. I think so. Cause they'd have to. Like I guess they could have done like. Like you hey, know think I still about think the it Hogwarts probably Quidditch been. matches
0: we see it's like 5 minutes max.
1: I think would well, this that blah, blah You're blah, saying blah, if blah.
0: they actually did the whole match?
1: No, I think if they did the match like the trophy presentation like I think that yeah, if they the did Quidditch the game written, would be like a be 10 minutes.
0: minute segment. But they could have at least done some of it and done it in like 2 minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, but at that point is it like worth it? I guess I kind know. of. Um yeah, we also don't know. This is, like, a minor thing, but we don't hear the full lineups of the teams. All mm-hmm. we hear, I think, is, like, Troy Mullet and Moran, maybe. Yeah. And then Crum. Maybe. I think. I mean, Crum, I know for sure, but I think yeah. the other, the Ireland Chasers are mentioned. You might Sorry. Oh. Sorry. This is not really movie-related, but can we speak a little bit about Crum's tactics in this Quidditch game and how we feel about him catching the snitch... When he knows that his team is going to lose when he catches it.
0: We can speak briefly, but I think this would be a good conversation for a Crumb episode.
1: Okay. I'm just going to quickly say, if I were a Bulgarian fan, I'd be pissed. Yeah, same. Okay. I'm (laughs) glad we're on the same page. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a little...
0: I don't know if I want to get into, like, all of it, the, like...
1: Yeah. But I think Like, I it's, get it,
0: I get but... it, but it's dumb.
1: Yeah. Um, also, just, I want to read this note, because I think it's really funny. Having no Quidditch is literally the second worst decision made in these movies, only after Behind the Burning of the Burrow, at number one. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Alright. So, now on to the Death Eaters.
1: Yeah. So, they were supposed to fall asleep. Yeah, and they're supposed to go to And wake up to sleep. the sounds of yeah. the Death Eaters. And
0: the Death Eaters are supposed to be, like, actively torturing the Muggle family. But we didn't meet any of the Muggles when they arrived at the campsite. So it wouldn't have make sense. And now they're just, yeah. like, marching around. Marching and
1: setting things on like, fire. setting things on fire,
0: yeah. Um. And this whole scene is supposed to be a lot more complicated than they show it. Um, yeah, like, I really dislike this. Because Bill, Charlie Percy, and Mr. Weasley are supposed to all go, like... Help the ministry. Like, the minist- ministry is supposed to be trying to, like, save the Muggle family. But instead, it's just, like, complete chaos, which, like, it is chaotic in the book, but, like, it's a little bit less because everyone just kind of runs into the woods. Yeah. But in this, it's just, like, people are running in all directions,
1: and, like, somehow Harry falls over and then is knocked and out. And gets knocked out. Um,. Yeah, in the book they're supposed to like get split up from Fred and George and Ginny and they end up in the woods, they run into Stan Shun Pike, some Bobaton mm-hmm. students,
0: Thillas. Draco
1: Malfoy, um but in this they just run and then Harry gets separated and how does he not get trampled to death? That is my question. If he's on the ground pass out, how is like nobody stepping on him? His mother's <laughs> in like a stampede basically. <laughs> Blood. Also, <laughs> it's just so comical to me when he wakes up and there's a literally not another soul in sight. Yeah, what? Like, and then, where like, did everybody the only go? The other person
0: nearby is wrong going Harry, where are you? Like,
1: yeah, like I'm just very confused. Like, how long was Harry passed out here? People, like, people don't really pass out for that extended period yeah. of times unless like they're in a coma. Yeah, like it's not. And passed out for Junior's like, just, like thirty yeah. It just, and th- where did he get that wand from? Because Harry doesn't lose his wand in this scenario. Well, I
0: think the implication is that he has had a wand because he's guess, already yeah. escaped, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I, it just is, like, so weird to me that, like, Harry gets up and it's just like, a like, where did all the Death Eaters go? Why is it so calm? Yeah. Where is everybody, is my question.
0: Yeah, it really bothers me, too, like, that we see Junior. Yeah. Which, like, I know they, they, like I said, they ruined this from the first scene. But, like, I just don't like that you see him. Yeah. Because, like, that that's another whole mystery. Yeah. And they just, like, writing Winky out has, like, serious implications.
1: It, like, really messed, messed up the whole story. Because then it
0: messes up the spew subplot, too. It's just, like...
1: Yeah. Oh
0: uh, God, it's so fucking annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... And then the next note I have is that like Harry doesn't get blamed for the dark mark mm-hmm. at all when like he's kind of implicated for just like a hot sec um in the book. In the book. Which is like kind of weird because it's like, oh, the ministry takes his word even though nobody else saw it. He's like, oh, this random man came and did it. But then at the end of the movie when he says that Voldemort's back, they're like, Oh, absolutely not, you know? Um, doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. Um, oh, I, oh, this is something that I found really like interesting to me. So, like, Crouch walks up and is like, you guys, and are like trying to like capture them or whatever because he thinks that they're the people who did it. And Arthur comes running up and goes, that's my son. And I was like, That's the first instance of two where we have a distressed father screaming, That's my son. And I like got really sad. It's my boy. Um, (laughs) That's job. But yeah.
0: Yeah, so then basically we get none of the like chaos at the ministry following the World Cup. Um, They're supposed to be at the borough for a bit, and like Arthur is working like crazy. And so then we Uh, also skip... Molly's just
1: not in this movie at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We also skip the um, break-in at Mad-Eye Moody's Mm. and all of that. So we just basically go straight to getting on the train, I think, right?
1: Yeah. Um... And they're, like, talking... I guess, well, so they get stuff from the trolley,
0: and and Harry sees Cho, Cho.
1: (laughs) Um, so like a nice little setup for later on, and then they're like sitting in the compartment, I think talking about like Death Eaters and Harry's dream, and Hermione's like, you have to tell Sirius. So Harry sends a letter to Sirius off of the Hogwarts Express, when in the books he sent the letter to him at the Dursleys, so like well Mm -hmm. before.
0: Yeah. Also, another thing is we don't have all the hype of what's going to happen at Hogwarts this yeah, year. Yeah, there's,
1: like, no hints. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about the journey to Hogwarts?
0: Um, my next thing is just how it's really confusing mm-hmm. that they skip from the train, and then the next scene is Bobotons and Dermsching arriving at Hogwarts.
1: I have so many problems with this. First off, logistics. okay, so normally when they get to Hogwarts, it's dark. people mm-hmm. are starving, mm-hmm. they do they do the feast and then it's done. But in this, somehow, it's somehow, yeah. it's a light when they get to Hogwarts and they have time to watch two schools show up. When they have, but they don't no even context, know why they're arriving. No, they yeah. have no idea why they're arriving. They don't know who these people are. But somehow, they're just able to be outside, and it just happened to everybody see this happen. Yeah, and then they get inside. And then the students have, like, that weird entrance that they do. They still have no idea why these students are here. The Triwizard Tournament has not been mentioned yet.
0: Yeah.
1: And what? What? Um, I'm just, I'm so confused. Yeah, so just
0: for context, if people haven't read the book in a while, this is all supposed to happen, like, a whole month later. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, they arrive at school as normal in the book, and at the, like, opening feast um, Dumbledore announces that, like, they're hosting the Triwizard Tournament and that, like, this is gonna get underway in October, and then literally October 30th, the other schools arrive, and that's when, like, the whole thing about explaining the Goblet of Fire and everything happens. So they literally, like, mash just one month, or, like, basically two months, September 1st to October 30th, they mash them into, like, one scene, and it's so confusing, it makes just like zero w- sense. Also, the other thing, which I have in all caps, boys went to Bobathons, oh girls went to Durmstrang, Neither of them are all boy or all girl schools. There's no reason to make them this way. By doing so, you give them weird, like gendered stereotypes. Yeah, it implies that like the only reason a girl could be champion is if she's uh, coming from an all girl school. Like the whole thing is so weird, and it's just like a bad choice. Like they, it it would have been just as easy to just like mix some of the people you assign, you cast to be Durmstrang yeah. students, make them Boba students They just students want to make two uniforms. Versa. But like, you could have also, made the uniforms less gendered. That is true. Just make them especially look the, the Boba like uniforms because like they're robes anyway so yeah just make them
1: look like hogwarts robes but in different colors also while i was watching this another problem arose about this so are you telling me that the only people in the wizarding community in yeah. france yeah. are women <laughs> yeah and the only wizards in the all of like northern europe is implied like where dermstring pulls from I are thought men about
0: that. i thought about that too and i was like i guess the way around it could be like Hogwarts is like the public school for like the Great Britain and maybe there are other like public mm. schools for other parts of yeah. Europe but these are just like the private like single Baby sex schools, schools. yeah <laughs> but it just doesn't make yeah. any sense Um I do the entrances they're so weird but they're so iconic and I always I, like yeah. like I always when I whenever I read the book I'm like oh they just walk in
1: like, what? <laughs> they walk in with everybody else. I know I, like, it's kind of bad, but I feel like I kind of enjoy them. Like, I really like the music. I really yeah. like the intensity so that the String like, men come in with, with the stomping of the staffs and, like, yeah. the beat and the music that they come into. I do. I really enjoy that With the String thing, I like how Crumb just walks in and he doesn't <laughs> like i'm do too good for week. this
0: because <laughs> i feel like that fits his personality more than doing the like handstand thing at the quidditch World. i would agree you know? i would agree yeah. um also
1: Albus. <laughs> Albus, <laughs> um i really this is kind of jumping forward just a little bit but the gold case that's around the goblet of fire that when it melts mm. mwah, 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 mwah. i love that it's so like satisfying yeah it looks so cool. Um,
0: just before that, Moody, like, hiking to Hogwarts.
1: <laughs> what? Excuse me, sir, where are you coming from? And
0: Dumbledore, like, says hello. Like, it's good to see you, old friend. Or, like, thanks for coming or something. But he doesn't, like, announce to the students that this is their new professor. Yeah. Like, this man just shows up. Apparently the, like, ceiling is going to fall in. That's not how the ceiling works. He, like, yeah. stops the ceiling and then... He walks up and shakes Dumbledore's hand, and, like, no one knows who he is. Like, Ron's like, oh, that's Mad-Eye. And they, like, put it together. But, like, that's not what would have happened.
1: Yeah, also, Moody showing up during this feast is why we know that this is still the first day of school. Why there wasn't a time jump. Because Moody couldn't have shown up a month into the school year, you know? Yeah, they also say...
0: Dumbledore says at the beginning of the feast, like, something, like, now that we're all sorted, and I, like, I I assume that means, like, the sorting ceremony happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, it just makes zero sense
0: at all. Um, Back to the goblet thing, though, I do like how they keep... The goblet itself—it's pretty plain.
1: Yeah, and that's like I the description
0: too. in the book, and I really I enjoy that because I feel like there could have been the temptation to like make it look all elaborate, but in the yeah. book it, it says like there's a line about like, you wouldn't Being, have like known hand carbon, yeah, that it like was something special. So I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, I also what would Hogwarts students have done if um, the Triwizard Tournament was at like Bobotons? Like, what would their entrance be? Well, in the isn't there a
0: deleted scene in the movie where they sing? The yeah, song? they say.
1: Yeah, that's where the audio from our like, yeah. So intro maybe comes they would have done that. They would have walked. Just in walked singing. in and just started singing.
0: <laughs> no, you know Dumbledore would have <laughs> choreographed something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and I guess like the next real scene we have is Karkaroff.
0: Yeah, going into the... After
1: explaining the rules. Yeah, um, so they explain the rules. Which, again, makes zero sense because it means that the Hogwarts students have no heads up that it's, like, 18 or over until, yeah. like, you can start putting your names in the Goblet of Fire. Which, like, I guess, like, they don't know about the Triwizard Tournament before, but it's all just, like, it. it's too fast. Nothing makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, this is... I have a big issue with this, like, transition scene that shows Karkaroff going into... I presume it's the entrance hall, um, with the goblet at night, and he, like, closes the door behind him, and this really bothers me, because why would he have gone in, like, I get that they're trying to show that, they're trying to make us think that Karkaroff is the one that put Harry's name in, so they, they they're they showing us this scene to make us suspicious of Karkaroff when we find out that Harry has, someone put his name in, but, like, that's fine and all if you want to add that mystery, but then when we find out that it wasn't Karkaroff, you need to have a reason for why he went in there. Like, you don't have to explicitly tell us, but we have to, like, go back and be like, oh, he must have gone in there for this reason. But there's no reason why he should have gone in there, and it makes absolutely no sense retrospectively.
1: Yeah, also, if they wanted to give us reasons for why we should be suspicious of Karkaroff, like, they already do that when they show the memory of him. Like being on trial for a death yeah. eater. Like I know that doesn't happen until later, um, but they also could have just added in dialogue of like the thing between Moody and Karkaroff that happens in the book, where it's like, mm-hmm. "You would know all about that," you know.
0: I'm serious, it's so frustrating. He's a death eater and so frustrating.
1: Yeah, that be in there. yeah. I don't know. Like it just is. It's so like manipulative to the audience mm-hmm. because there is no. Like a like, reason you can why he would be doing me. that. I'm fine yeah. with it, but
0: you have to like, you have to have a reason for it when yeah. when I as a viewer figure out that you were leading me on. You
1: know. Yeah. You have to be like, yeah. oh, like well, it's... he was
0: just doing this thing, but like, no, there's no reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's probably some theories online about like why, um, but it's still, it just if it's not given to me in the movie, then like you're just making me feel like a fool. Mm-hmm. Like it just is so. Anyways um that really bothers me and then the next kind the next scene is Mad-Eye Moody's class right
0: yes so this is weird because then this just implies that like they have this class the first day I guess because I think they only have a day to put their name in the goblet yeah so it's like they just put the only class they're gonna show us on the first day and then we don't have anything else of school for the rest of the year
1: yeah. Yeah. Um
0: it's only supposed to be the Gryffindors. There's supposed to be a lot of anticipation for this lesson because the for the fourth year Gryffindors like have Moody really late in the week. Yeah. But the lesson itself is like fairly accurate, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that Mad-Eye is played a little bit more eccentric and harsh like we kind of talked about than mm-hmm. in the books. Um and I do think like some of that is kind of explained away that it's junior like in the books mad eye doesn't like push neville so hard about Mm -hmm. it like he doesn't make neville come up to the front of the class Mm -hmm. to see this fire being tortured like hermione doesn't have to yell at him to stop
0: i think she does say like can't you see it's bothering him or something yeah yeah but she doesn't Um, like yell and she doesn't get all upset about it
1: yeah um so i don't just I had just like re I had just read that like right before watching mm-hmm. the movie and it was just like a little bit. I don't know when people are supposed to like enjoy his lessons because it's like intense and fun and I feel like he pushed it a little bit where like I wouldn't have enjoyed that lesson you know yeah. and I know that some people still don't like Hermione and Harry don't really like it, um, but like Ron coming out and saying he liked that lesson I'm like, you like it didn't really look like it. Like, the spider dancing over your head was, like, terrifying to you, mm. you know? It just, um... Yeah. It was I a little that, bit much, I think.
0: I think that the lesson is, like, fairly accurate in terms of dialogue. Yeah. And what happens, but the tone of it is different.
1: Yeah, and, like, him throwing, like, the piece of chalk at Seamus, I thought it was, yeah. like, a little much. Um, yeah. But I will say, a detail I noticed, so, like, when, um... Moody is like Ron, and Ron's like yes, um, like right in front of them. When Ron stands up, you can see his robes are like really wrinkled, um, <laughs> in comparison to Harry's, which aren't wrinkled. I was like, oh, I really like that like little detail, and something I never noticed before. That is cool. Um, um, but the spider is also like really, really freaky looking. Like that's not like a normal looking spider. Yeah, that like spider's spider. deaf, poisonous, or venomous, or whatever spiders are. Yeah.
0: Side note about Moody though. What do you think? Like you know how Polyjuice Potion is different per the person. What do you think oh. Moody's is like?
1: I think it's probably like it burns. Like it burns like kind a of fire. Like an alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I can see that. I was gonna th- say like
0: Harry's is supposed to be like golden, right? Yeah. And I feel like Moody's would be like a like a dark red or a dark yeah. brown, like something very like hardy. But it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be, like, gross because he's not a bad person. It would just be, like, strong.
1: Yeah, like, I I like the burned thing. Yeah, I think it would burn kind of like that. Um, And so then afterwards, Moody comes down and is like, Hey, Neville, come have a cup of tea with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And this stained glass window that we see, and it looks kind of like it's crying with the rain, it's actually in Hogwarts in Universal. You can see that stained glass window. Cool. A picture of it. Um, and then they show this scene where it's like pouring, and all the kids are running around. And it made me think, like, how do they have care of magical creatures if it's pouring like this? Do they make kids stand out in the pouring rain? Like, how do they do work? Probably. They can't take notes. <laughs> like, where do they? I'm just. I feel like care of magical creatures logically would ha- also have to have a classroom. Yeah, but I don't know it does. Well, Anthropology yeah, Herbology, they're always like
0: in the greenhouse.
1: Yeah, but I feel like if you. Like for the care of magical creatures exam, I like for the OWLS. I think they talk about there being like a written part, and yeah. like you, you're making kids sit on the grass for a written part of an exam. Like, <laughs> well,
0: they take their exams like in the in, in the grade. I park, guess, so.
1: but I feel like to me, if there's a written part of the exam, then like there had to have been some like note taking and like mm. lecturing that happened in class. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> um um now we have like the
0: them putting their names in and i think yeah. the moment of ron waving to cedric is like really weird <laughs> especially because like the weasley boys are supposed to like not like cedric in the books and instead yeah. like they should have just had him do this to Crum,
1: instead yeah
0: yeah but i guess they like had to show cedric putting his name in and they like wanted some sort of reaction
1: yeah, can we talk about the sexual tension between Hermione and the twins in this scene? Because, whoa.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and then between Hermione and Crum,
1: Whoa. That, like, moment when he puts his name the in. Like, they show Hermione looks at her. when he walks in.
0: But because yeah. the twins have just been, like, making a fool of themselves. And Hermione's, like, her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and they show Hermione when he walks in. And then they show him looking at her. And then they show her looking at him. And it's like... okay um one Um, note about the twins though is that in the book fred is supposed to go over the age line for fred george and lee jordan want to do it together yeah fred is supposed to go over the age line first and then like before he puts his name in george like thinks it works and so he jumps over the age line too and i think that's like really cool in the book because it's like a slight distinction between their personalities
1: Um, yeah i like that too and they're not supposed to fight in the book like they laugh along with everybody else like after they like realize what's happened and they like it didn't work they like laugh along with everybody else they don't start fighting each other but in the movie i love that ron is like chanting fight 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 too like i think that's such a younger brother thing to do um Um, My next note is
0: they really do just make this movie entirely about the tournament. No classes at all. There's nothing else. There's nothing about Snape being a shithead. There's no No. last-ended like No. Snape is like, I mean, you have your least favorite Snape moment in this book. I think that his worst overall book is Prisoner, as I ranted about at length during our prisoner episode but he's pretty damn shitty in this book too
1: yeah um like he they they talk about how they have anti, like they're learning about antidotes with him and like he threatens to poison one of them so they yeah. need to like really pay attention to antidotes and then there's like what Audrey was alluding to with like my least favorite snape scene is when Like, Harry and Draco curse each other, but they rebound onto Goyle and Hermione. And Hermione, she gets hit with, like, Densogio, which makes her teeth grow. And she's, like, crying, and Snape comes out and is like, Goyle, go to the hospital wing. And Ron's like, Hermione got hit too. And he goes, I can't tell a difference. And then Hermione, like, runs off crying. Um, And then she has Madame Pomfrey take him just a little (laughs) bit shorter. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just think that, like, That is just, like, straight being a bully to a 14-year-old, 15, Mm. which depends on which timeline we're going for with how old Hermione is. In the book, she's 15 at this point, but in the movie, she's 14. I guess it doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Um. I just, I hate that so much. And then, like, I think he also, like, vanishes Harry's potion one time in this book. I could be getting that. I think that with might book. be in five. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in five, but I don't know.
1: But yeah, I just think that that is the worst. Um. Yeah. So the next
0: scene is the names coming out of the goblet, yeah. and I mean it's pretty standard, like Crum, Fleur, Cedric, and then we get to Harry, and. I mean, we make a big deal about calmly, like, that's a whole thing, (laughs) everyone knows about it, but literally, like, they get this part wrong from the start when Dumbledore, like, yells his name in front of everyone.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: that's almost as bad as him, like, pushing him up against the wall and being like, did you put your name on
1: the goblet of fire? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Um... I have so in the books they do have the the house or the school names. I think in a previous episode we had debated about whether they wrote down the school names on the slips of paper. Um, you don't see but it. they though. do. He just says like from
0: Bobatons.
1: Yeah, but they um like when Fred and George like it says Fred Weasley Hogwarts. Like when they show their slips, I think. Oh. Yeah. No. I think you're right. Um so just I took note of that also they get the order right which I very much appreciate because they get so little right in this movie that honestly I'll take the order being the same as it is in the books Um, and then the Bobatons girls are supposed to be like resentful and jealous when Fleur's name gets picked Um, not like cheering her on yeah sorry (laughs) Um, just the girls in the movie (laughs) Um, I have such a cutie, and I assume that's in reference to Cedric. <laughs> I just have to note, such a cutie. Um, And then another thing that, like, kind of bothered me is that Harry's name gets pulled, like, after a long gap in between mm-hmm. Cedric and Harry in comparison to how quickly the other names came out. When in the book it's supposed to be, like, Dumbledore's like, alright, let's get this started, and then, like, Harry's name gets, yeah, like, yeah. it's supposed to be consistent.
0: Um, I can't. When Harry's name does come out, though, Hermione making Harry, like, go. Oh, I love that. That's accurate to the book, and I like that. She's like, come on, Harry, like, you have to go. Um, Yeah. And Ron's face is really funny.
1: That, like, oh my god, that's still of Ron's face. I can't. Um, I also really like how Michael Gambon says Harry Potter when, like, the first time he reads out, he's like, Harry Potter. Um... (laughs) (laughs) just a side note and then i have just like this is so awkward like harry walking up there oh my god i was like dying inside yeah um and then is this room supposed to be the trophy room because like what is going on (laughs) i don't even know what
0: this room is supposed to be
1: yeah Um, and then i just have calmly lol and i love the fact that mad maxine has to calmly (laughs) I love the fact that Mad Maxine has to, like, bat the, like, lamp hanging down from the ceiling out of her way. I think it's, I love that part. And then they have, where is Ludo Bagman? I know.
0: He's supposed to be the one that's, like, all excited about this. Yeah.
1: Like, Harry's gotta compete, let's go! Yeah, I (laughs) think he's
0: actually, like, the first in the room. Yeah. Like, in the book. Um, and also, I feel like in the movie, Snape doesn't really believe that Harry put his name in but yeah. like in the book he's like fully like oh,
1: he got just there's this. that quote that's like potter's been causing trouble since the minute he showed up here you know yeah yeah
0: um and then this added scene with dumbledore and the professors is kind of weird like i don't know if you're gonna add things like no why add this that like doesn't really help a lot and cut yeah out other things that are needed you know
1: yeah, I don't
0: It's kind of just like I... a useless scene.
1: Yeah, the only thing I picked up from it, so in the memory that like Dumbledore pulls out and then we see it happen to the pensive, the like Harry's written name is not in like Harry font. Mm. Like in the books there's the Harry Potter handwriting font. Yeah. And it's not in that font and so i'm like is there not handwriting analysis in the wizard world like harry clearly dumbledore hands harry the slip of paper with his name on it like if i were harry i'd be like this is not my handwriting like it's very clearly yeah. not my handwriting but um, i feel like anyways
0: like yes but also at a certain point it doesn't like it doesn't matter that it's, yeah it wasn't him who put his name in you know
1: yeah but like he could have at least tried to prove that to the adults like maybe yeah. the kids and like the media wouldn't have said anything but like he could have at least tried to like been like no guys yeah
0: I feel like they just but, move um, on really quickly they're like well like he's already in it so
1: um yeah and then they cut to just Harry in bed like they don't show the Gryffindor party mm-hmm. um they yeah. cut out a lot of like
0: Ron being pissed too
1: yeah the Harry and Ron feud is like very much it's shorter just by the nature of the movie moving faster but also it's just like not a thing that much they have like three or four scenes that are there to like remind us that Harry and Ron aren't still friends but it's still not like as pervasive as it is in the books yeah and then the next is the media scene, because it's not the weighing of the wands, because know, no wands are weighed. I know, I the weighing of the wands, scene. Yeah. I know. I think it would have been super fast. It could have been easily added in. Um, so have, there's no Ollivander weighing of the wands, and Harry's supposed to be pulled away, like, right at the beginning before they even start the weighing mm-hmm. of the wands. Um and then I really like the running joke that Rita Carls keeps saying that Harry's 12. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I also
0: love when he's like, my eyes are not glistening with the glistening ghost of my, fat, ghost my past. past. Yeah. I think um, that,
1: that, I think that it's seems hilarious. pretty
0: funny. And it's like, it fits the, t- like, it's not word for word, but it fits the tone of the book.
1: Yeah, no, I think that they did fine with that. Um. My next note is about
0: serious.
1: Um, yeah, I have that it was really lucky that Harry just so happened to be in the Owlry right when yeah, an owl came with a letter for him. Like, why was he there in the first place? I'm so confused. Like, is it like, a, do they have a package system? Like, at apartments, like, they'll let you know when a package is there so you shows up to the Owlry? Like I don't understand. A track. <laughs> uh, yeah. the uh, UPS
0: um, Yeah. Yeah, so then... He talks to Sirius, um, but they don't explain, like, about Sirius coming back to Britain. Um, they, I mean, I guess they don't explain that he even left Britain, so. And yeah. then he's supposed to, Harry's supposed to talk to Sirius after seeing the dragons with Hagrid, but they flip Yeah, this that. is
1: when the timeline gets real fucked right. up, Because like, we skip the Hogsmeade visit, too. Yeah, yeah. It just, things start to go... We start to see the consequences of some of the decisions that they've made earlier in the movie cause timeline problems right yeah. out here. Because we had Harry send the letter later, that's why this happens out of order. Yeah. So, so, he was supposed to go to Hogsmeade and run into Hagrid and Moody. Moody was supposed to be able to see through the invisibility cloak... Mm-hmm. And Harry went on to be Invisibility Cloak because he didn't want attention, and he didn't go with Ron because they were feuding still. So, like, it ties in a lot of things happening. And And the attention ties in the
0: article, because at this point, Draco and company are already making fun of him for the article, but Mm -hmm. in the movie, they just, like, show him, like, looking at the article in the common
1: room. Yeah yeah and so then hagrid's supposed to be like meet me at midnight but harry's already supposed to know that he's meeting sirius at 1 a.m that morning so he's like Mm -hmm. worried about making it on time and so he does all of the both the dragons and sirius in one night in the book and here they go dragons and then Sirius or sirius and then dragons. sorry um for the
0: Sirius thing just something that always bothered me is i hate how they do the blue powder thing like it's supposed to be like his whole head is like in the flames which you find out maybe more a better description of it later in five when like umbridge's hand is actually like reaching into the flames and i think it's like actually like the chapter art for that um chapter in five but like in the movie they make him like
1: part of the ashes and it's like it just bothers me i really don't like how it is how it looks see i like that better than how they show it in order of the phoenix how because like in order of the phoenix
0: Phoenix movie
1: they show it later not in goblet of fire and sirius is just like a projection onto the flames and you can like barely see him and he's like flickering with the flames
0: i mean like not how the movie did it but like how it's actually supposed to be is what i prefer
1: yeah i mean i like the look of this one though i like don't mind the look of this one it kind of bothers me (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i'm definitely in the minority i don't think that many people like how it looks in this movie but i don't mind it also with this conversation sirius is like really harsh and i feel like
0: it's not at all how he acts in this book
1: Well, he also knows so much more information in the movie than he does in the book. He's like, so you said, like, Barty Crouch was there, right? And, like, Harry didn't tell him any specifics about the dream at this point. But, like, somehow Harry, I guess, gave him, like, a play-by-play of the dream in the movie. Um, And they don't, if I remember correctly, in the book, they, and I've read this part up to this point in my reread. I don't think they spend much time talking about the dream. They talk more about like why Harry was entered into the Triwizard Tournament, and, like off. yeah, yeah. So like, just the whole conversation was basically because it was in a different place in the timeline. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't, it didn't make as much sense.
0: Yeah. Um. And then like the whole like telling of how, like in the book, Haggard just tells Harry directly that he wants yeah. Um, him to come visit him but they do the whole scene with like Harry's just like hanging out with Neville and then I'm not an owl which I do think is clever. I like that line even though it's like
1: Well it's so weird because Ron is there Yeah. Like also Hermione could have just been like oh Hagrid told me that he's looking for you like why did she have to go through the whole like Well yeah, because
0: later Ron says like
1: yeah, but he could have you were said supposed that anyway. It's like okay. I like I don't know, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. No, um, it doesn't. And I don't really like it. Um, um But it's then this, we have the
0: dragon scene.
1: Okay, well, quickly before that, there's a scene in like the courtyard um, when like Harry confronts Ron um, before the first task. And, like, he's with Seamus. Oh, yeah. So, like, I think this is when Harry is maybe with... What is he doing before this? Is he with Draco or with Cedric for some reason? Maybe this is when we get that, like, sweeping view of, like... It's when we get, like, the Potter Stinks badges. And, like, I guess this is when, like, Cedric is, like, laying down on that bench or whatever. But anyways, in the dialogue, when there's no other dialogue happening, we can hear Seamus being, like... Oh, I didn't mean to blow that up, um, and I just think that that's hilarious. And then, side note, like, Seamus is with Ron when Ron pushes past Harry. This this all happens after the dragons. Oh, after going to see... Sorry, I thought you meant after the first task. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You meant seeing the dragons. My bad, my bad. Um, I don't have any notes about seeing the dragons, if I'm being honest Oh, my one
0: note is... Madame Maxine is, like, waiting for them in the... Or waiting for Hagrid in the forest. And she's like, Hagrid, like, I thought you'd forgotten about me. Like, what did you want me to see? And she's literally standing, like, two yards from the clearing with the dragons. And, like, because Hagrid's like, Oh, look over here. And then there's, like, dragons roaring right there. And I was like, that. how did she not know? Like, what? Yeah. Um... But yes, then the scene with Seamus happens and he's like, yeah. it's not that I try to blow
1: things up. It just happens.
0: <laughs> and i had never noticed that before, but I had captions yeah. on and it was really funny.
1: Yeah. And then, but also in the note of Seamus, like, it, it makes it seem like Seamus took Ron's side in the feud, which in the books, I don't think we get any indication as to, like, what side Seamus and Dean took in the Harry-Ron feud. In the,
0: in the books, they do talk about Ron hanging out with Seamus and Dean a lot
1: yeah but I think that's different than them taking Ron's side like it's like Seamus like brushes past Harry too oh yeah yeah, you know yeah Yeah. I get what you mean Um, um but
0: yeah then we have the like Draco into a ferret scene
1: yeah which doesn't happen till later in the book no in the book it happens in the
0: book it happens like the first week of school Really, in the book, Moody turns Draco into fer- into a ferret before I must they even have, have their attention. their defense their first defense against the dark arts lesson because they like are talking about the Draco's like taunting them about the Quidditch World Cup and he's like
1: oh says and something he's about, about like how, how Arthur's name wasn't in even the, printed
0: correctly and about says something about Mrs. Weasley and like shit talking yeah. the Weasleys and then. Harry says, "Like, oh well, like, your mom at the cup. Like, does she always have that look on her face, or, or was is that just because he was with you, you were around?" Yeah, and that's when Draco tries to hex him, and Moody turns him into a ferret. So it actually it happens like before the world. Well before meet Moody.
1: yeah, um, mm. I knew that it wasn't at the right spot in the timeline. Yeah, <laughs> um, like I said, the timeline just gets like real fucked right about here.
0: Also, in all in this time, they make like. Harry's just kind of like on his own. The implication is with yeah. Ron. But like Hermione's supposed to be like like Ron doesn't hang out with Harry but like Hermione's with him at all times in this lead up and she like constantly by his side she like walks around the lake with him the morning after she like brings him toast because she knows he won't want to go into the great hall like Hermione's such a good friend and I know like Harry complains he's like it's not as fun we spend more time in the library but she's like so good particularly in the lead up to the first task and she like helps him learn the summoning charm and all these things Mm -hmm. and it just like they try to just like replace that by just having her in the tent before the first ask. Like, that's, like, their time where it's, like, oh, Hermione cares about Harry.
1: Yeah, well, also with cutting out the library scenes, we don't get that, like, Victor Crumb is always in the library. Like, Mm -hmm. what is he doing there? Um, I guess the replacement of that that part is supposed to be when we see, like, him walking around the lake and they make eye contact again. I think think eye contact is just supposed to be what replaces um, (laughs) anything in this movie. But, yeah. Yeah, so um, then
0: we have them in the tent before the first task. Yeah. And Hermione's there, and I think it's really funny when Dumbledore sees her.
1: <laughs> it's like, he's Miss just Granger, like, Miss Granger, what are you doing here? <laughs>
0: um, and also, uh, what's his face? It's supposed, like, in the book it's Bagman who talks to them about the task, but it's Crouch this time. And he, like, rearranges them when yeah, they're already in a so circle. so weird. He's, like, gathering into a circle. And then he's, like... Like Mister LaCour over here, Mister yeah. over here, and it's like they were already in a circle, and you just put them in another circle.
1: Yeah, I I freaking hate that. Also, before the tent, um, we hear Fred and George taking bets, which I yes. love. That so funny. they do it in thing. the second task. Yeah, too. I love yeah. that reoccurring thing. And also, there is supposed to be stuff in the newspapers about Harry and Hermione's relationship but that's supposed mm-hmm. to be because of a Colin quote that he gave to Rita Skeeter not this like hugging picture yeah. from the yeah. tent um, and then I have Barty rearranging them is so weird and unnecessary and then I have a Chinese fireball ooh, <laughs>
0: ooh. Um, also when Fleur like takes a dragon out she like looks at Madame Maxine and she like looks super concerned and she's all confused yeah. and it's like Honey, you're not supposed to be confused
1: right like, now. Like, yeah, you're supposed like, to know that there's dragons. We literally... And
0: even within the movie... Like, forget about the inaccuracies from the book. Within the movie, we saw Madame Maxine learn about the dragons. Like...
1: Yeah. Um... <laughs> I do
0: love the little models, though. Yeah, I think they're
1: really cool. But in the book, the horntail is supposed to be black, not this, like, Mm -hmm. brown-yellow color scheme they got going on for it. And then I love the running joke of Filch always having the cannon go off too early. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. I said,
0: I love how they just make the tournament into a shit show. Like, (laughs) like with the cannon always going off too early, and it's always, like... Like everything just feels thrown together and it just, yeah. like, is a kind of a mess.
1: Ugh Um But then we have the first task. The first task. Which I have so many problems with. <laughs> so many. Okay, first off, Harry's supposed to be the second fastest. And this fucking takes him like twenty minutes to do. Like you can cannot... the dragon
0: comes off the chain,
1: like what? That is just like it makes zero sense. Okay. It like are you telling me that they willing like I know that this I know that the tournament is supposed to be dangerous. Like I'm fully aware of that. But I feel like a dragon on a chain is still like a contained dangerous. Whereas like if you know that the dragon can get out of this chain, like that is just reckless. You could have this dragon just disappears. Where does this dragon go, Audrey? Are we to imply that you this know, dragon died? I think the died? dragon
0: died. I think it fell to its death.
1: Well, that's that's bad on its own. Like, and
0: then they just like leave it in the chasm down
1: there. Yeah. Okay. So either he dies and they like cause this dragon, or sorry, she dies and they cause yeah. this dragon's death. Who has eggs? be yeah, dragon, or were to believe that they just the dragon just disappeared and could be they anywhere and could be killing <laughs> villagers in anywhere um it's just it makes zero sense and also, i just hate it
0: another part that makes zero sense is when harry is hanging on the roof and the dragon instead of just like flying around and being like Dragon yeah, fly in walk? one spot and just flap its wing and breathe fire at Harry. It's then it instead is trying to crawl on the roof like this dragon it it cannot be that dumb.
1: I just I have so many problems with this scene. It takes so long. It's such a long scene. Yeah. And they could have used this time more productively and it's so unnecessary and I hate it. And then
0: the one kind of badass thing though is when Harry jumps onto his firebolt.
1: Yeah. I was kind of watching how he was holding the fireball and I don't know if it really makes sense that he could have gotten on the fireball from the way and placement he was holding it. But it's I think fun. it does
0: say that he jumps onto it though in the book.
1: Yeah. Um It's
0: not like a, it doesn't look
1: believable, but it is kind of cool.
0: But yeah. then Well, I'm talking about
1: when he's falling. Down. Sorry. I'm talking about when he's oh. falling and puts the broom underneath of him. Yeah, yeah. Um I do like the well done dragon. That that's a good that's funny um when it like goes through the teachers and like Fred and George are like, Well done dragon. Oh, okay. <laughs> um and then Not even talking about what actually happens in the task now. Let's talk about what doesn't happen. We don't see judgment. We don't see Harry going to the, like, first aid tent to get fixed up. So we don't see him and Ron reconcile there. Mm -hmm. We don't get to hear... Which means we don't hear the play-by-play of what everybody else did. So we don't know how or what anybody else did in this first task. And that really bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: basically the last note i have i guess before we wrap up this episode and go on to next week is just um in the common room afterwards when they're celebrating ron and harry make up and they like are it's so awkward and hermione like is just next to them and she whispers like boys in disbelief and i think like looks at Ginny, and it's really funny i don't think i'd ever noticed that before she's just like what fuck like wh- yeah. how is this the way that you're like saying you're sorry like
1: <laughs> well i also like that fred and george are like all right everybody go back to your nitty and this is gonna yes. be awkward enough without you guys watching this in- interaction i think it's so funny and like such an older sibling thing to do to like call out the awkwardness of what you're just about to do yes yeah um but yeah i have just some major problems with the first task do you want to read your last note there Oh, okay, so... Because I agree. I almost oh, wrote this. in my And then I did like writing it. <laughs> so Harry's holding the golden egg. He's, like, lifted onto Fred and George's soldiers' shoulders. This is before he reconciles with Ron. So we're backtracking just a little bit. And he's like, who wants me to open it? Do you want me to open it? And he's, like, hyping up the crowd. I think that's so out of character so for Harry. So yeah. um, Also, it's, like, really weird that, like, Seamus kisses the egg before he hands it to Harry. What? Like, it's just weird. Um, and then just side note you can purchase a replica of this golden egg from the noble collection but you can't open it um then why would i pay like two hundred dollars for it ma'am why no i not pay
0: two hundred dollars for it anyway <laughs>
1: hey <laughs> kind of ugly no i i mean it's just from Goblet of fire i feel like if i were <laughs> to spend much money on a replica it like probably would be the golden egg but it doesn't open? Like, no. That's such a waste of my money. It's just like a tin, yeah. a golden tin egg then at that point. <laughs> Anyways. Alright. So. That's it. End of the movie. Done. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Because it really um, doesn't get better from here, guys.
0: Yeah. So, all of our normal end of movie pop quiz all of that is gonna come in the next episode which will be coming out one week from this episode's release date so not two weeks um just because they're like continuous um we would thought we'd just do them back-to-back weeks
1: yeah i feel like it would be cruel to like leave you guys hanging for two weeks (laughs) for the part two um
0: yeah well we already talked about this movie for an hour and a half so far so
1: (laughs) i feel like (laughs) that's a good i'm I feel like it could have gotten longer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So. Um,
0: so, yeah. Uh, basically, Katie wants us to get to 50 reviews. So. Yeah, please. You know your job. Go do that. We need 10 more of you to get to work on Apple Podcasts.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then you can follow us on social media. We are Wizard Studies Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can join our group on Facebook. It's called Wizard Studies Podcast Group. And then you can follow us on Twitter at Wizard Studies. And if you are so inclined or interested in listening to our chapter reread episodes that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, you can go to patreon.com and then search for Wizard Studies Podcast and become a patron of $5 or more, which equates in our tiers to either exceeds expectations or outstanding. Yes. All right.
0: As always, thank you so much for listening, and remember, just do your best, we'll do the
1: rest. And learn until our brain's all wrapped.